are elite. For everything you need to know about Mercedes Monet's AEW debut, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Cultaholic Wrestling Podcast. If you like a lot of wrestling on YouTube, join our cult. Hello and welcome to the Cultaholic Wrestling Podcast. Joined by Mafu in his room like a dirt bag. Jack the Jobber in his front room like a lesser dirt bag. <laughs> and Ross on wrestling. The most professional person is still going to work because nobody else is there. How this the is hell my are you doing? new home studio, Matthew. How dare you? I've oh, spent sorry, millions pa. putting this... Lovely soundproof wall up behind me. Uh, nah, I just got one too many noise complaints doing my videos three or four times a week, so I was like, this is getting out of hand now. Time to go back to work. If Boris said, if you can, or if you must go to work, you should go to work or something. So I feel like I should go to work, so I'm back in work. But I'm the only one here. Um, Adam comes downstairs a couple of times a week to do his voiceovers. We're still doing the social distancing thing. Don't worry. Yes, uh, Pachiti, our boss, has been practicing social distancing for years. Uh, someone who isn't, though, is Jack. How are you doing, mate? I'm all right. It's been a busy week, like, but I'm all right. Uh, and then, speaking of noise complaints, myself and Owen uh, had to make a noise complaint to the council, not because of anybody having a party or anything, but not last night, but the night before, there was just a massive, like, alarm slash bell ringing sound, and it was going off and on for a few hours. And then at about 11 p.m., it started. And then I woke up the next day and it was still going on. And I was like, what's this about then? And uh, rang the non-emergency police number. You know, the, not the not 99, just, is it 101? Yes. And uh, really nice woman. She was like, yeah, we don't respond to things unless there's like an incident or whatever. Ring the council. And I thought, oh, but Newcastle Council is so crap. So I rang them and uh, the woman basically said, all right, I'll, I'll put in an on, I'll fill in an online form for you, which I could have done anyway. And then uh, it stopped anyway. It broke. We heard it get weaker and weaker. The alarm and it broke. And then uh, I got an email today from the council saying, what's this noise complaint about? And it's all over now. So it's been an admin filled week, uh, civil responsibility going on. And I only mentioned it because people were asking about it on the news video that I did today because I mentioned it on the previous one. So the bells stopped. So there we go. Good. And what a way to start the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I realized as I was going on and on, the story was incredibly tedious. See, usually we have to build up to Jack's exciting story, but this is like that pay-per-view that started off with Cena versus Styles versus Ambrose to begin. It's all downhill from now, ladies and gentlemen. And let's start off looking at the news. 
a bunch of weird stuff this week. Start for the Grim News. Kyrie Sane is actually leaving. You know, sometimes something gets reported and you go, is this really happening or is it just wrestling websites making up something that might be happening so everyone can get clicks? And no, she's actually leaving. Bugger. What do you think, Jack, other than bugger? Uh, everyone seems really sad, don't they? There's a bit of an outpouring on social media, all of the wrestlers saying, you're the best, goodbye. And uh, just another story of an NXT call-up who wasn't used to their full potential, Matthew. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll get to most of about Kyrie Sane later on. Uh, Kofi Kingston sidelined for six weeks. Didn't say exactly what, but we'll get into that in the most exciting bit of the podcast, the SmackDown recap. Uh, Cody Rhodes we can call him Cody Rhodes had this story about AEW and the relationship between the Good Brothers because Luke Gallows did a thing saying he was a bit worried that there was heat between them and AEW because they were offered something WWE offered them a huge deal that they couldn't turn down so he signed so he says oh I think there's heat and Cody said no no there's no heat Uh, he says I love Gallows he is the King Carney he came to my house prior to the re-signing with WWE there were some discussions and he actually told me a number he was offered, got drunk, and then not realising it only an hour later, told me a different number that was, of course, higher. <laughs> I love him. You can't not love somebody who was that carny and that goofy. That'll be their AW tag name when they come in. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, that's pretty much it in the terms of wrestling. Apparently, Steve Austin, they'll be doing Steve Austin night when they can let fans in again, but that'll be in 2022, so who cares? And the only other bit of news I've got on this, I've missed something, is... Lads, 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 my doorbell's about to go. I just heard the Amazon, I just saw the Amazon man pull up there. Did you? I saw it, I saw him. Do you want yeah. to go get him? No, I'm sure I will Oh, here's oh, the awkward tension. Oh, I there's two housemates, and they're both thinking the other one will go get it. Go Owen, on, don't pay it. Owen, Owen, do the Owen, pull your finger out, Owen. Oh, he can't no. hear me, can he? He's got it, I, think, I think it's my... <laughs> I think it's my I think it's my new trainers as well. Oh yeah. I'm getting a call now. Oh, I'm oh, getting... oh the professionalism Hello. is off the scale. Hello, Jack the Job, a professional podcaster. <laughs> Alright. Thanks very much, mate. I'll be there in a second cheers. I'm just here. I'll I'll be there in a second. Cheers. He looked he looked through the window and saw me there. Hello. <laughs> I'll be back me. in two seconds. I'll be back in two seconds. Carry on. What do you want to speak about, Matthew, while he's gone getting his brand new shoes? Do you want to go and sell a pair of stilettos or some nice tennis shoes? or Stilettos. I think it'll be like the cheapest pair of kickers. <laughs> he did say Amazon delivery. Who gets shoes off Amazon? That's so weird. Oh, terrible. I, I can't buy shoes unless I go to the shop and make sure they fit. <laughs> I'm lucky in that respect like size 10 fits every time oh, yeah. no matter what brand although I do stick to the same brands just about they if it ain't broken don't fix it exactly, see I'm yeah. those awkward freaks who've got those half sizes so I no. do need to see because some some brands it's more towards that one or whatever and, uh, you know so I've got a pair, a pair of Doc Martens that I'm still trying to break it oh here we go <laughs> that was awkward this is all getting left in, hopefully. Are you gonna yeah, like? Yeah, are you gonna like lean back until he goes? <laughs> I thought I just lied to his face. Uh, what did you say? Since, sorry, mate. I was just on a Zoom call with work. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't want to say I'm on a, an irreverent uh, wrestling podcast with yeah. you know two lads on it. And he actually said thanks, mate, because it's a slow news week, so this is 
easily the most exciting thing. But the build-up, here we go. He was he was quite a good-looking guy. I was a bit intimidated. Like, are you usually intimidated by good-looking guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Don't like it. Don't like don't like it when people are pretty. Oh, how well, dare I, I, they? Oh, well, I'm I sorry. Say, come to the right place. <laughs> <laughs> And the main event of the new section this week is the best headline Cult Holic has put out in some time, which is AJ Styles says he doesn't think the earth is flat. Oh. Oh. He says he admitted he doesn't think the earth is flat. He just finds the theory interesting. Uh, he says, for example, uh, he keeps saying stuff like, come on, there's some interesting things that come up. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. But there was never one where he went, it's flat, it's flat. You're going to fall off. It's never been like that. <laughs> So he's just into the theory. He's not actually a flat earther. He does, though. He is. Now he's denying it more. All I think is he thinks, yeah, the earth's flat. Well, I'm sure, hasn't he said stuff like, just makes you think what's going on out there and all that. I don't know. He's not from Tiger King. I don't do it. He is. (laughs) And that is the news. Wow. Thank you, Jack, Ross, and Amazon Prime. Other delivery, other other delivery people are available. Let's not give Jeff Bezos any more. Money. Sorry, I've, I've, I'm such a. You can't say that after you've just ordered them on stream. Uh, it's done. Everybody get excited for the Cultaholic Hall of Fame. Now for everyone's favourite segment, the Hall of Fame, and in last week's condescending. Oh, I already hate it. In third place, Eddie Kingston. That's why he's the last of a dying breed, coming third like that at 29%. Followed by Up Up Down Down's Battle of the Brands, 32%. Leaving the clear favourite, Freddie Mercury, 39%. It's a bit of a good pick, that, to be honest with you. So, well done, Ross. You are the winner of this week, so you you may go for next week's picks. Uh, I'm bringing this Hall of Fame pick uh, from a state of mourning. It's a big breaking news has happened before the podcast gets recorded for this week for the first time ever I think in the history of this podcast if you've been a child in England over the past 50 years or so when you're approaching Christmas something happens your mum and your dad gives you an Argos catalogue you circle what you want you hand them back if you are a child from this day onwards into the future you will never get that joy and pleasure of flicking through the toy section circling what you want getting your hopes up and then not getting what you circled in the Argos catalogue because Argos have cancelled the catalogue. It's all going digital. Modern times have oh, they've just robbed an entire generation. Well, all the generations here forth, they've robbed us of all the joy. The Argos catalogue is no more. So in memory, in memoriam, I'm going to nominate the Argos catalogue for the Hall of Fame. I've got no idea what the alternatives are around the world. I'm sure there are some in Australia and the Americas and all that malarkey. But us kids here in the UK, we have the Argos catalogue. Well, until today, it's gone. 50 years of history, down the pan. Up yours, Argos, in your digital ways. Feel bad about that Amazon delivery now? (laughs) Ah, yes. You are right, though. You say that, the Argos book, and instantly I'm full of memories of that smell, that one distinctive Mm -hmm. smell, the big plastic book and flicking through because it was huge oh chunky chunky monkey it was always my thing as a kid like you know if you're thinking all right if there's a burglar coming to the house and i have one thing to throw at him because obviously we're upstairs let's assume he's a nice burglar and comes in through the front door like an idiot um the thing i will throw at him 
that's heaviest, the most accessible to me, small child, is the Argos catalogue. <laughs> Top of the stairs down here. He's, he's, he's not getting up. At home alone, but in real life. I've just got a horrible <laughs> notification there on my phone. First the Argos catalogue, and now the Saudi-backed consortium has pulled out of the Newcastle takeover. So we've got another 10 years of so-and-so is about to buy Newcastle. <laughs> Vince oh, McMahon's... Vince... But we're a bit of... Vince McMahon's interested in Sunderland, apparently, no? It's not true. Oh, for the <laughs> love of God. Right. Is that from the sun again? So, so anybody... No, it's not from... I don't think it's from any big sort of like papers, but online and stuff. So basically, right, if you're not from the northeast, Vince McMahon gets linked to Newcastle United about twice a year. About that, would you say? Yeah, at least... Just to yeah. basically just to generate clicks, I think, for the Chronicle. Because uh, there was one story years ago that the Sun printed, and lots of American journalists that you know don't check the sources, Melter, and um, went on like, "Oh yeah, this very prestigious non-lying newspaper has just made up this story to promote the UK tour that's happened." And nothing happened. So nothing ever happened of it. Not, I've never mentioned it again by anybody else, but everyone assumes because it got reported once years ago that there was something behind it. That picture of Sinkara, so- the Newcastle top. But they get so much content out of it. Like people are doing like wrestler 11s and like who they could buy. And and then now I think what's happened is the Sunderland based football sites have noticed that it does quite well for the Newcastle one. So they've just gone, we'll, uh, we'll have a bit of that. We'll link Vince to Sunderland. Yeah. Or the only other thing, the only other possible connection that I can think of between Sunderland and, and Vince McMahon is mine and Owen's football manager streams. So he's watching the streams essentially and thinks, I want to buy that football team. Yeah. Yeah. Or that man's got Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What was the pick again? Oh, Argos Catalogue, yeah. Argos Catalogue, yeah, sorry. Do you remember, is there any one memory you've got of one particular thing you ordered from Argos Catalogue as a kid? We asked for it for Christmas or birthday. It was the, the the Action Man helicopter. It was circled and it was it was bought and it was arguably the most euphoric moment of my childhood on mm. that Christmas morning. The big grey helicopter. Whoa! Don't get much bigger than that. You? Perrin ordered Dynamite Heady for the Mega Drive with my own money. Ooh. The first thing I saved up for, my own money, and it was like, you know, three months in the making, you know. It was a good game, thank Christ. Save up three months for a game, you get it. This crap, you're like. <laughs> what about you, Jack? Um, I had the action man who you'd wind him up and then put him in the bath and he'd do backstroke like you yes. violent. It was dangerous. It was lethal that action man because he'd proper go for it as well. Oh, you just I hold was... it in front of your brother's face and let him slap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely true as well. Oh no. <laughs> we we used to have the action man that the had the little parachute and the idea was on the on the adverts you'd throw him and he'd like aha parachute like james bond to safety every single time he'd, he'd go up and he'd come down even quicker <laughs> <laughs> did nothing poor action man hall of fame pick jack um this one's just it's not going to win but i thought i'd give this person a shout out because they did a really nice thing so and it was addressed to me, the letter, but it was for everyone, I think. So it's for everyone in the office and, and associated, Matthew. So uh, I went to the office two nights ago or something, quite late on, about 10 p.m. It's quite eerie. And uh, 
to pick up some stuff. And when I got into the office and got to my desk for the first time in like four months or whatever, uh, there was a letter for me, like an envelope, and I opened it. And inside was like a mini vinyl of Jonah Taxi by Vanessa Paradis, the song which I nominated for the Hall of Fame once and it didn't win. But I, I've mentioned that song before and it was there was a note from my Hall of Fame pick, which is a man named Neil M from Nottingham who... Uh, who sent us that present. So we got a little vinyl of a song that I like. And I just thought it was a nice thing. So, And I didn't have a Hall of Fame pick. I thought, what better way to shout him out? And, and also, he listens to the podcast, he says, if he hasn't stopped already because he thinks I'm rude and haven't replied for like four months. But there we go. So Neil, Neil M from Nottingham. Oh, thank you, Neil M. So when you say it's a, a vinyl, what, like a little... Mini vinyl or like I don't know. Or? I don't know what the. It's still in the office. I didn't bring it home because I thought, who's it actually for? It's for the oh. office, but uh, it's it's not a, a big. It's not a big vinyl. It's like maybe maybe that. I don't know. It's right. like what's that? I'm bad with formats for for music. Is it like is it like a twelve inch maybe? I don't. Know, I really don't know. Maybe it's not a vinyl. I didn't open it because I thought, <laughs> what if it's worth money? You haven't opened it. No, of course not. I've left it in its in its seal, uh, like the comic book guy from The Simpsons. Yeah. Well, I okay, know. cool. No, that's nice. But it was nice of him. I, I think I'll, I'll I think I'm crapping on it. I don't mean to. No, it's it might very not nice even though. might not even be a vinyl at all. But I assume it's a vinyl. <laughs> so is this going to read? You can either pick for whatever I picked, whatever Ross has picked, and also Neil M's possible vinyl. <laughs> no, I'll just nominate Neil M from Nottingham. Schroeninger's vinyl. <laughs> uh. awesome well not much has happened this week in terms of resting or myself because of pseudo lockdown not sure what's happening to be honest with you so I'm going to nominate something just to make sure that there's people at home know of the existence of this because I talked to my friend the other day and he hadn't seen it before I was amazed because I thought everybody had one of my favourite things on YouTube favourite videos that have ever happened on YouTube is a little video called the Orson Welles drunken outtakes now for the people watching at home who don't know who Orson Welles is he's most known for being the voice of Pinky in the Brain and nothing else and he did some that's a joke Jack don't worry and he wasn't he, the voice of okay no, he what wasn't, the no. hell was he dead by then yes he was very dead okay right right sorry yeah. I feel but like the brain the guy who does the voice for the brain basically has spent his entire career doing a very good Orson Welles impression okay and towards the end of his career he did some he went from making these amazing films and plays and productions to doing adverts for food and drink. And he's quoted as saying, I'd rather do a good advert than a bad film, so more power to him. However, for Paul Masson's <laughs> Champagne, there's all these... Have you seen these, Jack, by the way? No, I don't think so. Oh, great. Okay, so after this, go and search on YouTube. Uh, there's all these outtakes where he's completely bladdered because he's been sampling the champagne beforehand. And they go... Action, and it's him sat at this table, and this is couple, and it's supposed to be like a happening party, and he just stares at them. <laughs> and then the guy has to go, action, awesome, and he's like, awesome, 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 well. awesome to his awesome <laughs> is his name. All his victims drink the wine, and he's goes like, just do anything, and then like, no, and they cut. I have to explain. No, that script we gave you an hour ago that you're supposed to have read and memorized. Can you read that? And he just goes, all right, action, cut to. Uh-huh, the French champagne. And it's just the worst delivery you've ever seen from one of the finest actors and directors ever lived because he just clearly is like, what? 
I'm doing That's an advert, good. am I? And it's amazing just seeing them, just completely three sheets of the wind, drinking it. And I watch them on a regular basis. Uh, it's the point where I just assumed everyone knows about it. So, Drunken Awesome Wells. Uh, please go check it out before you vote. Because, and I'll respect the Neil M and Argos, but my God, one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And I hope you enjoy it too. Wow, what an amazing thrown together WWE main event episode this uh, Hall of Fame selection was. The soon to be dead Argos catalog. Neil M. Maybe it's a vinyl, maybe it's a bomb, who knows? And <laughs> Drunken Awesome Wells. Your three picks for the Cultaholic Hall of Fame. How can you vote? I'm about to tell you, don't worry. You can, of course, vote for them at patreon.com forward slash cultaholic. This is this week in the wrestling. It's this bloody week in the wrestling. Ha! And now for this week in wrestling. Smackdown. Uh, Bailey and Sasha set up a number one contenders match between Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss, which Nikki wins. They stay friends, and Bliss tells Cross to stay focused so she can beat Bailey for the title. Good times. Uh, Matt Riddle beats Tony Nice in the Battle of the Abs, I guess. Before Corbin comes out to cut a promo, he declares a king's ransom for anyone who can prove that Riddle doesn't belong in his kingdom. Nice tries to blindside Riddle and gets immediately kicked in the head. Well, I'm good. I missed this episode. How was it, Jack? It was okay. It wasn't the it wasn't the worst SmackDown in the world. It was actually all right. Did you think it was good, Ross? Yeah, I thought it was all right. I yeah. think I can't really remember to be honest with you. No, this is a that's common a thing sign. with SmackDown with me. As soon as, Mac, as Matthew says it, that's when I remember what happened. <laughs> yeah. uh, Naomi is Ms. Morrison's guest this week. They talk about how she trended again and always has incredible support, but never wins when it matters. In brackets, resting isn't real, guys. She's booked to lose. Lacey Evans comes out and mocks Naomi, who attacks her. So is Lacey the bad guy again? Yeah, Lacey's heel again, yeah. Lacey's oh, okay. got an evil laugh, which is she's used for the second time on last week's SmackDown, Matthew, and it's worth checking out. It's the full-on, like... <laughs> <laughs> she does that. It's fantastic. Oh, great. I'm not going to check it out, so can you do that again, please? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Kofi's out for six weeks. Ah, uh, here we go. Here's a bit I did watch on YouTube. And tells Big E that it's his time to shine now. And yes, I was it very is. happy to see that because I think everyone's like, oh, they're going to split up. Singles push for Big E. And this was the guy, like, no, 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 we're not splitting up. But you can have a singles push because the rest are deed. And yeah, absolutely. Get, put a rocket on Big E and take him to the moon. What do you think, Jack? I agree. I've not really got anything else to say. I just okay, agree. Great. I'll do the last two bits then. Grand Metallic wins a four-way IC number one contenders match against Lindsay Dorado, Drew Gulak, and Shorty G. Is Shorty G being on TV? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I imagine they take this time during lockdown to change his name to something better, pretend that didn't happen. He's still Shorty I, G. I honestly thought Shorty G had a chance of winning this one. I thought he was second most likely behind Gulak. They were building this building to something else during this match because while he didn't win all the commentary was like picking up Shorty G and during the match he was the most dominant one so I think down the line we're going to get Styles versus Chad Gable for the Intercontinental Championship and I'm not Styles that. versus Flatty G <laughs> uh, Flatty G it. versus Shorty G <laughs> Jeff Hardy wins the bar fight against Sheamus how was it uh, Jack I must confess that I have not seen the bar fight yet. Oh, no. Ross, 
Nice of you to ask. Um, I thought it was actually good for what it was. I thought this if this was on the Extreme Rules card, it would have been the most extreme thing on it. Well, yeah, they could have glassed each other with bottles and whatnot, like you do in, no, like you, in normal bar fights. Jeff Hardy was throwing basketballs oh. at Sheamus. He Jeff Hardy. Hardy. Oh, oh so off. Talk Hello, I'm am am I, am I back? No, Jeff, Jeff you Hardy was throwing. You're back. You're back. I'm Sorry. Back. Sorry. Am I back? You're back. Yeah. yeah, we can see you. We can right. see you. Jeff Hardy was throwing basketballs at Sheamus instead of glassing them with a bottle. Sheamus was putting Jeff Hardy's head in an actual urinal, which has been pissed in by hundreds, if not thousands, of willies, which I thought was disgusting because people found it was an actual bar in Orlando. Um, Jeff Hardy is a supernatural character now because Sheamus sort of puts him down on the ground for a period of time. Puts a because Sheamus came dressed like. Um, I don't know what, like an Irish fella in a bar fight from the 1920s. He had a vest on and suspenders and long trousers and big boots and whatnot. And he put his little trilby hat on Jeff Hardy's face. He walked away. He drank a Guinness incorrectly, which I cannot believe is something that happened. He didn't let the pint settle, for goodness sake. He comes back to Jeff Hardy, and somehow Jeff Hardy's now got face paint on, and his eyes have changed, and spooky things are happening now with Jeff Hardy. Like AJ Styles in, a, in the realms of a cinematic match, he changes from being a normal human being, a mere mortal man, to being a supernatural character. I hope we, we, we find out why. And then, ultimately, Jeff Hardy does a swanton bomb off the, the top of a ladder, just a, a normal ladder you'd find in any bar, <laughs> and then gets the win. I thought it was it was entertaining. It would have been one of the better things on the Extreme Rules card if it was on, if it was on the card. Thank you very much for painting such a vivid picture. I appreciate that. You are welcome. I just can't believe Jeff Hardy actually went for it, getting his head... His cheeks was touching the, the urinal. I can't believe he would do that. I wouldn't. <laughs> Thank you for pointing out that you wouldn't. I mean, most would, but, you know, we know that for sure now. Well, we've done some things in this line of work, Matthew. <laughs> how, well, you know. how much hey, do you think Hey, £5 is £5, pound, Ross. What were you saying, Jack? <laughs> how much did Jeff Hardy get paid for that match, though? Do you reckon? More than we do for what we do. Maybe we'd have to rethink it if the figure was on the table. Yeah. Yeah. So, what you're saying is Jeff Hardy has supernatural powers now. It makes sense. When we did the Undertaker has definitely retired thing, and they spent every week on SmackDown going, hey, how about that Undertaker guy? And Jeff Hardy says, he was my spiritual advisor. He's given him some of his power. <laughs> tribute. <laughs> ah, there we go. Like so, it all makes sense if a, you watch it. It's just a message like, if you stop drinking, you'll gain superpowers. There's the message. God, I. But don't drink... Not don't not drink too much, or you'll go the other way and become really annoying. <laughs> um, Monday Night Raw, Randy Orton challenges Drew McIntyre for a WWE title match at SummerSlam. Yes, he does. Then Nia Jax comes to the ring as Orton leaves, and she surprisingly doesn't take an RKO like the Rumble that one time. And she wants a Raw Women's Title shot, but is interrupted by Shayna Baszler. They have a pull apart brawl. Slightly later, they have a match which lasts a couple of minutes and ends in a double count out. They then have another brawl. Uh, tell you what, I'll read out a bunch, half the stuff, then go to you, Jack, and then make it a bit more interesting going back to you back and forth. Angel Garza and Andrade win a number one contenders tag team match against the Viking Raiders and Ricochet and Cedric. The Big Dom Mysterio confronts Seth Rollins, who says he's here for him if he needs guidance. Big Dom attacks and is beaten down by Seth and Murphy, who are about to take his eye before Alistair Black saves their day and he gets his eye stabbed instead. So thanks for coming, Alistair Black. And Big Dom chases off the bad guys with a kendo stick. Later tonight, Murphy beats Humberto Carrillo. Well, those are three things that happened. 
So, any thoughts there, Jack? Um, I don't understand the Shane and Nia thing. I get, I suppose, that they were like, their rage for each other can't be contained. Look at all these men getting beaten up, trying to stop them. But just, it seemed to take up a lot of time for what was essentially not a match. Uh, hopefully Shayna wins and it's a way of getting Shayna over again. But with Nia Jax, you never know. She might just win and Shayna will look really silly. I don't know. Yeah, it's a bit weird because I thought they were going to do the series with her and Asuka. Because they did that one, the uh, the non-finish at the other pay-per-view and then it was like, okay, that was it. Right. Oh. So I think press, pressing the reset button again now that Brucey P is in charge. Vin, Vince just for Shayna is like uh, Homer Simpson and Mr. Burns. Uh, no, yes, he just never remember. He just never remembers who she is. I was going to do a shave those sideburns thing, but that wasn't Homer. That was one of the baseball players, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, I, I can't remember which one it was. Ah, oh, Martin Leo can say go probably. What uh, a tune that is, by the way. The softball song. It is yes. Yeah. Mustafa Ali confronts MVP who informs him he'll be going one-on-one against Bobby Lashley and Lashley wins and someone's written here it's sad well yeah. it kind of was if, you pe- if people expecting this big push with Mustafa Ali but I thought the match was great because Mustafa Ali has clearly been sitting at home week after week going god I've been waiting to get those bumps in like he took about three here that were ridiculous so I think he's like a guy who's on a diet and treats Monday Night Raw like it's cheat day and he's all out of this uh, Sasha Banks becomes the new Raw Women's Championship properly this time. What? Wink, wink. Wait, did I write that wrong? No, like everything else this podcast, you typed it correctly and I butchered it. She became the new <laughs> Raw Women's Champion. Ah, oh, turns out it is really easy to do that mistake. Uh, beating Asuka, dot, 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 via count out. So, unless we're using the Vicky Guerrero rule of no, you can't win a title that way. Didn't take an edge thing from a few years ago. I think that'll just carry on and carry on until maybe Steph- that's a slam Stephanie, show. Stephanie specified last week that it could change hands by a countdown as well. Oh dear. Yeah. Uh, then that's that. And basically Kyrie Sane was used as the reason for her losing. So she cared more about her friend than the title. And I thought that was yeah. a nice... It was the best of a bad situation, I guess. Nah, made nah, go, nah. Oh no, do you disagree, Ross? Yeah, because Kyrie Sane's a professional wrestler. Kyrie Sane's a former NXT Women's Champion. She's a May Young Classic winner. Bailey throws her into a, a, a roll-up door, and she's screaming for help, like she's being attacked with a knife or a, a sledgehammer or maybe even a sword. Something really terrifying that might kill her. Kyrie Sane shouldn't be doing that. Kyrie Sane's Kyrie Sane. She can handle her own business. Like obviously, Asuka looked very nice for for caring about a pal, but a pal looked really pathetic here and it was a shame because it's Kyrie Sane. Also, Kyrie's terrified of Bailey, who she beat clean the week before. But forget about that. See, what you're saying makes sense, but at the same time, Bailey staying. So obviously they make, make her look really impressive. I mean, what a shove in that door. <laughs> if anybody else had done that, she would have gotten up, but Bailey did it. Yeah. So... It was just yeah. a shame that match couldn't have been, you know, straight down the line, singles match, Asuka's title on the line, Sasha, Sasha challenging, just let them have half an hour, have a clean winner. There you go. Why couldn't it have been that Stephanie McMahon with your stupid convoluted bollocks? 
<laughs> Thinking so it was like about six, six or seven different avenues that could have won, but it was DQ, count out, barely interfering, all these other things. It was just unnecessary. And you look at Twitter afterwards and everyone was confused, even though, you know, if you watched last week, you would have learned. But yeah, it was just unnecessary. But do you not think it's setting up for a proper match? No. No? Oh, okay. It's meant to look, make Maybe. Sasha look like she cheated to win, but she, she didn't. It was just silly rules that didn't benefit anybody but making Stephanie look powerful, which is all this is all about anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's true. She's the last yeah. boss. I was just thinking there, is this the... when I was trying to think, when was the last time the Raw Women's title changed hands? Not in a controversial or strange way. Because Becky gave it to Asuka because she got pregnant. Becky won it from Ronda when Ronda's shoulders weren't down. Ronda won it. Alexa won it. SummerSlam. Oh, that was clean as a whistle. Never mind. Yeah. I try to be clever, but, but I I'll tell you what. That's a long time ago. Was that SummerSlam 2018? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. is a long time ago. Wow. I'll tell you where it might be going, though. Just going off Sasha's promo where she was like, Stephanie McMahon, you're jealous of me, and this, that, and the other. Oh, don't say it. Don't say Sasha it. Sasha on the line against Stephanie. Yeah. SummerSlam. It's yes. happening. I want to see it, me. And I, I want Stephanie to win. No. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'm one of those people who will be a bit hopeful that we're going to have a proper all-out SummerSlam match because Asuka's like, you haven't probably beaten me. And Sasha's like, no, no, I have, I have. And that's how it's going to build up. But Maybe like everything else, like like the Nia Jax-Asuka thing, I'm usually wrong. So don't worry. Listen to, listen to Ross. And then Drew reveals the stipulation for his match with Ziggler is both men can use extreme rules. And he, of course, wins. Orton attacks afterwards and hits the RKO because what else is he going to do? Moonsault. And I thought it was a nice way of ending that little mini-series that uh, Drew and Dolph had just to set up Randy Orton. Well, what did you think, Jack? I'm going to pass it over to Ross because I saw him shaking his head. And oh, I want to okay, know what's on his mind. Oh, I was just... When we watched last week's Raw, it went off the end. This was a title match. The WWE title was on the line. Uh, Drew McIntyre picking the stipulation against Dolph. We then kick off this week's Raw with Randy Orton just going, hello, Drew, I would like a shot now. It's my turn, please. Thank you very much. That takes you out the moment straight away for the for the, what was at the time, I think, still a world title match. You get to the end of the show, the title's no longer on the line, and then Drew McIntyre picks the stipulation we saw basically at Extreme Rules, but it's worse because now Drew's on a level playing field with Dolph, and Dolph still lost when he had the upper hand. So it just, what's the point? It's just like, you know what's going to happen. I know we, we, I know we know what's going to happen anyway, but like... You know, within the realms of what they were trying to do, it just takes you right out the moment. It was still a fantastic, a really fun match, like what they did and stuff like that. But it just the, the concept and the order of how everything happened was a bit of a mess for me. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought when, because it got, it got revealed, or it was pointed out by, I think, Mike Johnson, PW Insider, just before Raw. <clears throat> he, was, he pointed out that on the website it had changed to a non-title match. <clears throat> and I assumed that was because Orton was going to cost Drew the match in challenging him for the belt. He'd run out and, like, boot him. And then that could allow Ziggler to win without winning the championship. But instead, it made no sense. Why wasn't it a title match? What what would have been the difference? Because Drew got to pick the stipulation. So do you not think Drew that makes sense of storyline? No, the, the stipulation well, if I get was extreme rules. Stip- yeah, well, the stipulation was I get to pick the stipulation. The stipulation is extreme rules, and the title's not on the line. Was that not he, didn't he didn't say, say that. that. He didn't say that, though, yeah. Oh, imagine if he'd said that. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, you're right then. The but do you think that's it? Is... Mike Johnson or whatever, uh, big wavy Mike Johnson broke down like, 
<laughs> All right. Uh, okay, it's on the tight. The title's on the line. But then Randy Orton's going to run in. Wait, we can't have Dolph as champ. It's non-title. It's non-title. It's non-title. So maybe I love him defending WWE here, but I thought it was all right. I can see where you come from, Ross. Match, you, yeah. you, you'd make complete sense, but I'm watching Raw on this level of that happened. Okay, cool. Move on after five seconds after it's happened. There's not much. I'm going. Hang on, that wasn't very well written. It's not been well written in years. It's all right. <laughs> you know what is a slightly better though? AEW Dynamite. Yay! Happy times are here again. The team of Jurassic Park. The team of Jurassic Express. <laughs> oh, the best friends. They'll just come down. The team of Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the best friends and Orange Cassidy beat the inner circle in a five on five tag match when Matt Hardy, the good guy, interferes and costs Sammy Guevara, the bad guy, the win. And Jericho announces a rematch of Cassidy in two weeks' time and a debate next week. Ooh. Which Jim and Ross then, hated. He hated a lot on this show. On, he, hate, he said to Tony Schiavone, get out of there, Tony. Who the hell wrote this or something like that? <laughs> oh, it's, not here. It's, it's, it's Jericho, so it's going to be corny and cheesy and everything. Are you still there? Yeah. I'm still here, yeah. Yeah. Yay! It's it, it's supposed to be Jericho saying this cheesy, stupid thing. It's we we know it is. It's Jericho. He's he's a big ham, as they say. Just the way it's like, who the hell wrote this? He felt like he was speaking about somebody backstage, perhaps. I might just be being a massive yeah. hack here and just making Ooh. something up. I probably am. It's what I do best. But that's the way it felt to me. Jim Ross <laughs> hates Tony Khan. Click here. <laughs> Jim Ro- Jim Ross seemed to be in a bad mood last night. I've got to say. Uh, not for any reason, just because he's old and sometimes old people are in a bad mood. Well, you know what I mean? Sometimes old people are in a bad mood, aren't they? Now, I felt bad for him because he got confused because he started talking about how this opening match was a tornado tag. And then midway through the match, obviously he's got someone screaming in his ear going, stop frigging calling it a tornado tag, Jim. It's not. And Jim starts going, is this a tornado? T-? Well, the rules even, he starts to like doubt himself. And then straight after the match, Tony Schiavone goes, coming up in the main event, it's a tornado tag. And I was like, oh, Jim, you've absolutely pulled it up. You can tell Jim Ross was like, are you sure it's not a tornado tag? I could see a lot of interference. No 10-second rule here, <laughs> yeah. pal. It's, it's not, is it? Oh, all right. So He was Bless like, there's going, to be, there's going to be a huge tag match next week. I hope they get two bloody referees in for this <laughs> one. Yeah. And then Tony Schiavone was trying to defend Aubrey by going like, uh, Aubrey's just giving the fans what they want, letting the wrestlers go at it, disregarding the rules completely. It's fine, Jim. It's fine. Honestly, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Kick him on the table. It's fine. He said, what's wrong with you? And Jim Ross says, well, I'm just old. On, no, I didn't mean he was... I just meant, you know how sometimes old people are just in a bad mood one day? Sometimes. That must be okay. old. I was going to no, say, wait a minute. Like, yes, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I am. <laughs> the... Other Jim Ross thing, whilst we're digging in, poor Jim, is the fact that I hope anyone's caught this. But at one point, I get rid of it. Someone come up and says, "Ah, oh, next week it'll be this, this," and he went, "Well, I've got it written down here." I went, "Oh, here we go! Wow, that's great news! I gotta take a piss," and then it went out for a break. <laughs> I had the fight TV version. Did he say take a piss? I swear, if someone else can translate it. I swear, it's like something like. Breaking news, so-and-so's made their debut. Wow, that's great news. i got to take a piss. Because I remember him speaking went, about, uh, he was, when it was when Hager was in the ring, I think, he was speaking about being put in an, an ankle lock back in the day. 
He's like, it, it was hurting me so much, I nearly pissed my pants or something like that. That's what I remember from that. But I, I'll have to watch that back. I missed that no, one. I think Taz then went, I'd pay to see that. <laughs> yes, he did. Like, <laughs> I, I really liked the three-man team of Taz, Ross and Giovanni. Taz is so good. Yeah. yeah. I missed Excalibur, me, though. Yeah. He tells but, you why things are going on. He, he knows People are like, what's happening? We're all, we're all, as we know, we're all, we'll, we'll team bad day because we're all old. Where's that young, hip, cool Excalibur that translates this BS to us? Isn't it mad that only one of the three regular commentators actually knows what's going on? Isn't that mad? Isn't that absolutely insane? Tony's, Tony's really good and I love Tony, but it's sometimes like Excalibur's like translating for him and Jim. I don't know. But Tony, Tony is great. Yeah. I feel like I've done him a disservice there. Tony Khan, the guy who pays our checks and no, say good no, things no, about no, AW every week. Cody beat Warhorse. Not how did, their how horse, did you feel? Warhorse. How did you feel about this, Matthew? I was going to say, I'll explain this, but in the TNT Open Challenge before the Dark Order attack, we'll get on the next bit afterwards. I don't know Warhorse. I don't know Warhorse that much. God, that's hard to say. But I only know him as Danhausen's mate. To be honest with yeah. you, so it was like, okay, cool, yay! And I like the idea of people like him showing up, makes it interesting. Like, oh, which cool indie dudes can appear? Oh, you know, Eddie Kingston's an amazing pick. I think they did everything right with Eddie Kingston and didn't give Warhorse that much to go with. It's one of these things where we hope he brings an audience with him because Eddie Kingston got a promo, did his style of match, it, it looked and sounded amazing, and then here comes Warhorse. He's like, he head bangs. No, you don't get a promo, and then. He had the wrestle Cody Rhodes style match, and it was all right. He showed a lot of passion and fire and all that. But if you broke it down, you're like, didn't do a lot of selling for that figure four finish, did he? And I saw a lot of people going. I think the best thing I saw was, did you enjoy that Warhorse match? Nay. <laughs> and, yeah, there you go. But I, I thought it was all right. I like the idea, but I think really Eddie Kingston had everything go right. So actually, the person who comes along next is always going to look bad by comparison. So. Did I look you forward see, to, I don't know, Effie making his appearance next week or something. Did you see uh, Danhausen's advice that he rang up Warhorse and gave him on Twitter the day of the match? Did you not see this video? No. So Danhausen, and first of all, he looks so much like you. Like, I just can't believe it how much like Dan you like you. Danhausen cries every time he hears that. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, never, he'll never do the show. I, I don't know what he looks like without the face paint on, though. He's but a handsome more man. Face paint, yeah, fair. Mm. Didn't that you dress his, as that him is his once? face. Cut this out. That is his face. All right, go back. <laughs> didn't you dress? Didn't you dress as him once? Well, I put the makeup on. Yeah, it was great because yeah. I think him and two of the people liked it. So everyone else is like, "Nice Joker outfit, Matthew." I'm like, <laughs> you know how his whole thing's that he's evil, but he's actually a really sound guy. He rings up Warhorse. <laughs> he rings up Warhorse and goes like, "He's doing his whole like, this is Danhausen and all that," and then. Warhorse is on the other end going, what do you want? And he's like, you have your match against Corey later on. And then he, he basically tells him that his tactic should be to punch on Anderson in the balls and say, gotta love that Danhausen as he does it. <laughs> Just like, that's his whole tactic. And Warhorse is like, yeah, yeah, I could. Yeah, I could do that. Thanks, man. And he didn't do it and he lost. So he should have yeah. done what Danhausen told him to do. Yeah. What did you think yeah. of this, Ross? Because you don't know Warhorse that much, do you? Ah, exactly. I'm yeah. back. I'm he back. Yeah, I was I like not how much you're going like back you to Colaholic, by the way, and your internet's never been worse. 
I know, it's, uh, the internet, the router is just there, above my head. It's terrible. Anyway. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Um, yeah, much like you, War Horse is just Dan Housen's pal to me. Is that the way I've consumed wrestling? And to me, it just looked like a, 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 a Ultimate Warrior heavy metal tribute thing, which was a bit weird. I, need, I needed more like explaining who he was and stuff like that. Like, as you say, what Eddie Kingston got. The match itself was fine. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I like the way they did. I don't want to see them like do gimmick matches for whoever's challenging every week, but that certainly helped Eddie Kingston's cause a lot more than it did War Horses, as you say. Just what you said, basically. You've taken all my words and just said them yourself, so oh. good for you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, what else happened? Because that's the only two things that happened according to my, my notes. So I'll have to go what? Oh, that's right. Afterwards, there was a little guy named Zach Bloody Rider, it says here. Did I oh. not write any more notes for this section? Uh, oh, no. no. It's all right, though. I, I, I watch the episode, so I'll just pretend. Um, Matt, I must have forgotten to paste uh, it in. I'm sorry. Is his name? It's all right. I still love you. Matt Cordona, the artist formerly known as this. And I saw lots of people upset that little old war horse uh, came out. Did his thing, uh, indie wrestling, came out, and then immediately got attacked by Dark Order, and then the artist for you known as Zack Ryder showed up, and it was like, all right, bye, Warhorse, thanks, thanks for coming. Yeah, make sure you take bit. all your stuff before you <laughs> before you leave. <laughs> Return your key fob and all that, <laughs> um, and also Zack Ryder. This was so weird, this because he ha- maybe from him interfering and then them going to the advert break, it was like fifteen seconds. Hey, it's that guy. How you doing? Oh, here we go. Yeah. He's helping Cody. Cool. AW Dynamite will return after these messages. Yeah. He looked huge, odd. though. He looked real jacked. Real jacked, yeah. baby. But I don't know if it's because he actually is or because we're used to seeing him in WWE where everyone is. And now it's like, wow. But I think he did look bigger than he normally is. Do you think that's why the book Warhorse? All right, you why? Warhorse, you come out first and then Zack Ryder will come out afterwards. Warhorse is a bit. If they should have booked me, if they wanted that comparison, because Warhorse is pretty. He's pretty, but like a, yeah. a wedge guy, isn't he? Yeah, I think. I'll be real on the format now. Tony Khan says every t- 
Marco Stunt is the only guy who can wrestle before Zack Ryder now. <laughs> Right. And what else we got? Uh, Dark Order took on Hangman Page and Omega. And the best match, the best thing Dark Order's been associated with in ages. This the gimmick is one that just kind of is there. I don't watch the show just for this because I think the shots at WE, like, it's not what I watch this product for. Uh, Brody Lee's just like, aha, I'm Vince, get it? Mm, or whatever. Don't care about Colt Cabana. But these two guys, you know, Dark Order Wolfpack. Grayson and Uno had an amazing match of these two, showing all the double team moves they actually do when they've got no other crap to get in the way of things. So I was very happy to see that. And MJF is on the new way to get heat. That's right. Just weaponize all of Cornette's insults about AEW and make them his own <laughs> to make AEW great again and to challenge John Moxie for the title. Best line was, also, cosplaying as another wrestler is stupid and that's a stone-cold fact, Moxley. Loved all of this. What did you think, Ross? I see you beaming. I am beaming because that might be the promo of the year. Might just be. It's mm. in the conversation at least. Do you disagree, Matthew? No, I'm thinking about one of the other promos of the year because there's been I can't a remember what all. happened this year, to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm sure there's some other things, but <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what you say, but it was just fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah. I just yeah, let you know what? I, I agree. Yeah, promo of the year. Prove yeah. me wrong. I, I didn't like it as much, Ooh. but. I know, what? I know, and I'm gonna. I, I haven't checked the comments on graded, but wait, 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 wait. I imagine I was gonna get slaughtered Tony, for what I said. Tony, don't pay Jack. That <laughs> he can pay for his own trainers via Amazon Prime. So I can't. I just feel like it uh, in graded when I was talking about it. I felt like an English teacher. I was saying like it's like he had loads of ideas and wanted to jam them all in, and he delivered it superbly as he always does. But it didn't flow for me. It was like he was going this thing and then this thing. And then, John Moxley, you're responsible for flippy wrestling. And I was like, no, he's not. You're just trying to make it all... You're forcing it a little bit. But I still gave it like a B plus or whatever. I thought it was really good. But yeah, I, it just didn't quite resonate with me. But I do love that he is finally going after Moxley, though. I do like what it achieved. So I mean, that worked I, out so well for Lance Archer, Brian Cage. That, oh, never mind. Uh, best of luck, MGF. Nice knowing you. Uh, Jericho asked, how do you say son of a bitch in Spanish? And Guevara replied, son of el bitch. Oh, yeah. And the deadly draw slash Joker's Wild slash Lethal Lottery is back. Woohoo. I hate that idea, but I think the women's <laughs> tag division, if they're going to expand it, needs something for the weeks after that. So we'll hopefully develop. Maybe I'm being positive. Well, we need people to fill up that division. So who should we bring in? Cameron. From WWE, a.k.a. of the former Funkadactyls, last wrestled four years ago. And I got lots yeah. of thoughts on this, Jack. What have you got? I don't know. What's she been doing since? Oh. Has she been wrestling on the indies? No, no. Last last match on Cage Match was WWE 2016. So no indies. Why? I've got She's a been training for this moment. Go on, Ross. I reckon she's... AW are sort of playing oh, on our no, perceptions of Cameron. Cultaholic, you know. both appear to have frozen. I think the I'm best. Back. I think I'm back. Hang on. Hang on. Here Ross we go. I'm back. Hello. How bad is this? Hel How Hello? is the internet that bad in Cultaholic? You're the only he's one there, in. He's there. He's there. He's there. The Bruder <laughs> is just here. Am I back? You yeah, are back. you are. You're a bit blurry right. to me, but you you're are doing, You're doing such a dishonour to, to Cultaholic this podcast. 
I'm sat two yards from the router. It's unbelievable. Anyway, <laughs> I'm a back, right? Can I speak? You are back. Yeah. Right. So I reckon AEW are capitalising on our perceptions of Cameron and they've paired her with Nyla Rose. So Nyla Rose, to win the tournament, has got to drag Cameron along with her and the sort of Nyla being straight, playing the straight guy, well, playing the straight character, I should say. Um, Cameron not being good and maybe getting in the way and doing stuff like that. That'll sort of make an interest, interesting partnership. Maybe that's my so how the unless Cameron she's got really good over the past four years. She's trained every single day for the past four years and becomes a sort of technical master. Who knows? Mm. Who knows what they're doing? I can but, see it. I yeah. can see it. Yeah. It'd be, fun, it'd be funny so. if Cameron gets in the way, then Vicky Guerrero has to berate her and stuff like that. So yeah, maybe it'll work. Who knows? Let's see what happens. Let's let it happen before we judge it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well said, Ross. I cannot wait. Uh, and that was AEW. wasn't as good as no, last time. There, but... there was the main. There was the main event as well. There's one more thing. Oh, as well. and was that one of those tornado tag matches that I've heard so it, much about? It was. Yes, it was, one of those it, infamous, was. it was an ODQ as well. It was an ODQ <laughs> tornado tag match. All the gimmicks like James Bond's car, Brian Cage and Starks showing up to for Moxley and Allen to get their revenge on them. Lots of skateboard-related offense here, just in time for the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater remaster. And obviously they get their get their revenge, and then Darby Allen eyes up John Moxie. Can't blame him, he's only human. Uh, what do you think there, Jack? Where did Darby Allen jump from at the start? Um, well, the Young Bucks did last the week. Tall bit. Was it the entrance part? Oh, yes. yes. I thought it was from higher, but maybe not. Didn't do a great camera angle. He just. Oh no! Oh no! Is someone going to ring the bell? No, he's not. This. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No. He's Are you right. sure? Yeah. We well, can wait a second. No, it's Just all to right. make it more awkward. No, no, it's fine. Oh, he's not. Okay. It's not Ran. Yes, and Darby Allen's still jumping backwards off of high stuff, doing the trust fall thing, which I don't like Kofi Kingston doing. I'm surprised that Darby's still doing it. So it makes you wonder why Starks even bothers doing moves to him, because you know he's just going to get up and go, that was nice. <laughs> but, um, it's good that he wasn't horribly hurt last after last week's bloody back into the left bit but yeah I like this and I like the idea of Alan and Moxie teaming up but also going oh yeah I like the look of you too so but the highlight of this little episode was FTR getting together with Anderson and Hangman Page a sign and drink together with FTR demanding tag groups and 10 second rules for their matches so it's all signed now no no we want proper traditional moves and stuff now that they're off jumping off the top rope again at least still got that thing there because you know that they're going to reference this when they challenge your tag team to a match. And they'll be doing the relaxed rules stuff. And they'll go, oh, no, ref, he's been here 11 seconds, DQ him. The ref will be like, yeah, yeah, I've actually just tapped my stopwatch. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> they're like, ha, ha, Well, those are my thoughts and my thoughts alone. No, uh, NXT, no, no, the no, arm, no, the no, arm no, thing's no. interesting. Because it's like, what, what does it mean for Cody and stuff like that? And what does it mean for yeah. the elite? Or FTR now part of the elite? Yeah. There's lots of permutations here. Yeah. Can hey, the young bucks use their cool moves if they have to actually go in? 10 seconds at a time like Tagross <laughs> is supposed to ah. who if, if Cody and FTR make a trio who's the fourth horseman isn't it uh, Mr. Ten nobody hates Cody oh yeah you're right uh, Mr. Action Figure that's what Melter was saying who's that uh, Matt Cardona Mr. Action Figure. Mr. Oh, Action he's, Figure. Because he's Wedge. He has the Action Figure podcast. Oh, he collects them. Yeah. Of course. 
Maybe. I can't oh, see Zack Ryder. You, in the, sorry. I can't see Zack Ryder in the Four Horsemen. McMichael was, though, to be fair. <laughs> I just think he's a bit too goofy for it, but I don't know. I don't know. He looks serious with his chest hair, doesn't he? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Chest it'd be good if he shows up. Figure. He shows up with a tuxedo, like the old dress up in tux, and he pulls out his own action figure, which has a tuxedo. <laughs> right. They'll okay. make dozens. <laughs> anyway, NXT started off good this week because they had the end is here music promo package from Armageddon way back in the day. That's always oh. a good way to start any video thing. And all I got up to was watching Mercedes Martinez destroy Shotty Blackheart and be sad when Timothy Thatcher did not win the main event. Did you have any thoughts, Jack, on anything that happened in NXT? Because me and Ross didn't watch the rest of it. Uh, yeah, I've written them down for you. No, you haven't. What? You know what? I feel like when I wrote these last <laughs> batch of notes, it just didn't save. Or like I didn't save the Google Doc properly. What was the favourite thing while I try and what, make it work? What has happened here? No, I'm annoyed. No. You know what I'm thinking? I really enjoyed doing the podcast on Friday morning last week. I thought it was a lot better. I did as well, actually. <laughs> I friggin' didn't because I've got such can't. a busy Friday morning. I, can't, I just can't. I just can't do that every week. Now, I reckon I can remember most of what happened in NXT. Uh, Ever Rise had a match against... Don't call them Ring Camp because they're not. Yeah, and I wrote in the notes, Imperium. Yep. I wrote in the notes, this was later on because Undisputed Era attacked them. Because they felt sad about themselves and wanted to. Oh, they appeared now. Yay, they appeared, I refreshed. The, the notes are there. Oh, the notes <laughs> were there after all, were they? Oh, I meant, cheers. Okay. Right. I'm going to put in your look, podcast notes in the Hall of Fame next week. Making me look bad in front Eo of the Eo has jumped by Dakota Kai at the start of the show. It turns into a tag match of Shirai and Tegan Knox facing Kai and Candice LeRae. The faces win as Kai saves herself and leaves Candice to take the pinfall. Dakota later says she wants the title, but Rhea Ripley does too, and says yes. she'll go through Dakota if she has to. Yes. Okay, Gargano beat Roderick Strong, who later complains <laughs> with the rest of the Undisputed Era about their misfortunes lately. Oh no, Kyle O'Reilly tries to remind them how great they are, the liar. Later, they jump Imperium after a win, beating them down to take out their frustration. Uh, the Pat McAfee, because I could say like it's antivirus uh, thing, makes its way on NXT as Triple H says, uh, sorry about that. Oh God, yeah. yeah. It's real. You know how you know it's real? because it's not very good. And if it was a work, it'd be entertaining. And uh, Keith Lee comes to the ring to address Karrion Cross, but is met instead by Cameron Grimes, whom he easily deals with. Cross appears in the Tron to call Keith out. Any thoughts there? And those amazing notes that you've just given me. Uh, I don't know. Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross should be all right, I think, when it happens. But apart from that... It was a weird one because over on Dynamite this week, you had quite a lot of stuff going on, even though it wasn't the best show wrestling-wise. The stuff was everywhere. Whereas this NXT one was kind of the opposite. Like, it had all right matches, but it didn't feel as eventful to me. I understand. But did you see the bit that they decided to put on Twitter as the sneak preview of how great NXT is? Uh, Dexter Loomis does a very impressive front flip, landing on his feet, a la Ricochet against that guy that we're not going to mention anymore. And they cut this. They edit this in such a horrible way that it goes up. And as soon as he lands, they cut the Finn Balor going. 
like that. So you don't actually see them land. And someone on Twitter said ages ago, like, it looks like they've got the people who used to edit Power Rangers episodes to do this. And I thought, that's a good joke. I think it's true now. <laughs> I thought it was... And how bad would you be if you're Dexter Loomis? You're a big lad. You're all big, big beefy. You've got lots of people thirsting after you on Twitter. You go, you know what? I'm going to put a front flip. <laughs> like, over the top rope. I'm so big and hench. I'll land. And they cut away from the bit where he actually lands. Mm, maybe he didn't land. Nice Float away. <laughs> yeah. Wow, NXT sounds amazing. That's in the segment. Well, uh, also... Uh, we should mention who actually won that match. Oh no, Dexter no, Loomis shouldn't. won it. Dexter Loomis won it, so he's in the main event. He's in the yeah. ladder match. Sorry, a lot of angles are shattered. So Timothy Thatcher should be there to replace him. Sorry, <laughs> NXT's great. Uh, yeah, that seems to be about. I think that's about it. Let's have a rummage in our mail bags. <laughs> and just to assure some people's minds here, I didn't realise that Jack wrote these notes seconds before he came on the podcast because I checked it a few minutes before he came on so let this people don't think that we're well prepared here at Coldaholic we are very especially prepared and if you don't believe me you can ask Ross's internet connection oh look it's the mailbag section <laughs> Tope con morning lads first thank you so much for the content during these trying times I am an essential worker stocking the groceries you all need and the podcast help keep me sane especially when the toilet paper sells out. Bloody hell. Well, thank you very much in advance. I've been re-watching 2,000 pay-per-views for my podcast and saw something crazy I completely forgot about. Rikishi hitting a top cage splash on Val Venus. My jaw hit the floor and I replayed the clip on loop, like Sector 7 gene security footage from the 70s. That's got like that reference. So my question to you is, what are some underrated moments or bumps that often go unnoticed or forgotten. Hungrily yours, James Frett from Ontario, Canada. Thank you, James. Ontario, isn't it? Ontario. <coughs> yeah. oh, Ontario. Ontario. <laughs> Ontario, indeed. Anyway, <laughs> thank you very much, James. That's a good question. Underrated moments or bumps that often go unnoticed or forgotten because so many of them happen. The big bumps. Hmm. Did I have to think about that? Spike Dudley. At the hands of La Resistance, I think one that gets forgotten. Yeah. It might, when his head clips the table. Don't go through the table, he clips the table, which is so much... If you've ever been kicked with a football, when it clips you, it's so much worse than when it catches you full. <laughs> yeah, poor Spike was yeah. treated like a human crash test dummy during that time, and those, those two people should not have been in that position to do that spot. They were greener than goat poo. So I'm glad he was all right to get up and carry on, like... And that time Undertaker wrestled him, I think for the hardcore title, and he picks up Spike Dudley and gives him a choke slam over the top rope into the floor and just lets him go. Mm. I was like, Splat. okay. Mm. Splat Dudley, yes. Uh, <laughs> apart from Spike Dudley, that's a good one. Man. Yeah, I'm struggling to think yeah. of the. It's not. It's not. I've seen it mentioned because he's talked about it in a shoot interview since, but it's not widely known, I don't think unless you've seen the shoot interview. But you've seen Chuck Taylor talking about when he goes to do a suicide dive in PWG and his foot gets caught yeah. in the ropes oh, and he falls. And his foot's, oh, man. Oh, that looks nasty. And the ref's like, oh, my God, and tries to free it. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. I'm sure that happens to quite a lot of wrestlers, actually. Yeah. I've got one, and it's from 2000 pay-per-view. 
I don't want to say, pay-per-view from 2000, I should say, not 2000 pay-per-views back-to-back, all that. Feels like some of these weeks here at the Cultaholic HQ. Edge and Christian versus the Hardy Boys cage match for the title. I forget which one it was. It was one of the B pay-per-views in 2000. And Edge takes... I think he's he's on the cage inside, and maybe Jeff or Matt's on the outside going, no, Edge, go away. Punch, punch, punch. Edge takes the backwards bump off the cage, like the top of the cage, back into the ring. And all the wrestlers, uh, you hear him talk about interviews, they say the, the most terrifying bumps to take are the ones where you're, like, your body's basically going backwards and you're like, okay, well, let's hope I'll land all right because that's, that's a huge way to, to keep your body that straight. And mm. Yeah. That sounds... And that's one of our rewatch it now. I go, God, yeah. Why isn't why is anyone gifting that? That's when you think about it. That's absolutely terrifying. There's no tables or ladders involved. So I, I mean, it's like, eh. Rikishi's, Rikishi's must have... It's not forgotten, but Rikishi's must have been so scary. Into the flatbed of the truck. Oh, the flap of the truck's good, but yeah, fully loaded 2000 against Val Venus, where it's just him going, like, wait, 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 a splash off Rikishi off the cage. Yeah. And then Venus wins anyway, because Taz hits the. Does he? In with a camera, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so gets, gets hit with a splash of Rikishi of the cage and still wins. Well done, oh, Val Venus. I'll mention a local one. Which no one, one says is... now in 2020. <laughs> I'll mention a local one as well. Drummer in session, Moth Martina cut her face open at North. Oh. Yeah. That was the, the bag of cans match. Mm. <laughs> or cans on a pole, whatever it was. Oh, I thought it was the fatal four-way. Oh, yeah, you're right. She yeah. beat a lot that she beat a lot that session moth. She uh did a dive. I didn't see what actually happened, but she, when she got up, it was just like, oh. Yeah, you're right. And because she's blonde, it was like all in her hair, and oh my god. And allegedly, and I've never met her, so I don't know if this is true. But allegedly, she was uh, meant to be coming to rise with us afterwards. But then she obviously had to go to Amy uh, instead. So she's, she's notorious for that. She's like somebody else we know who's like, "Yeah, I'm up for the sesh. I'm up for this." Look, look. She's going back to the hotel. You can't say that about Sashimoth Martina because you'll kill her gimmick if she's not actually up for the sesh. I didn't. I didn't say it was about Sashimoth. It was like somebody else we know. You said Sashimoth was like somebody. Oh, Jen. I did not. Move on. Jen, move on, Jen, Jack. You're Jen. right. You're right. You're right. Jen. <laughs> she also said she was going to win. She was the worst mini golfer because she was pissed. Anyway. Hello, Mafu, Jack, and Ross of Morpeth. Mm. In primary school, I used to play the violin, and I also played in the youth string orchestra of the music school. In 2001, when I was 11, we visited our sister orchestra in Newcastle, and I stayed at a family in Morpeth, which seemed to be a lovely town. Oh. Also, during the broadcast of Arsenal versus Watford, from the last game week, I heard Drew McIntyre's theme playing out in the Emirates when the players came up for the second half, which I'd be quite surprised. <laughs> what? My question That's the second is, time they've done that. What, is it the one he uses now? Like, I, I presume so, because they had Triple H's theme playing a few weeks ago as oh. the players were coming back out, time to play the game and all that malarkey. My question is, what's been your most surprising, unexpected wrestling-related experience? I love the podcast. Keep up the great work. Cheers, Marton from Hungary. And Thank you. The A in Marton has the... What's it called? The amulet. Looks like um, a forward low. slash. Not an umlaut. Not umlaut. I can't Not know what it's called. Anyway, Marton, I assume. Which one, Which which letter had the the mark above it? A. Yeah, Marton. Marton. Oh, Marton. Marton. Nicolaj. 
I think we've had this question like every three weeks from somebody. It's a good one though. But the most surprising, unexpected wrestling related experience. So when you least expect it, it's wrestling. Mm. Have we had it every three weeks? I swear it's a recurring one. Oh no, we have one wrestlers or whatever appearing in TV. We did uh, right, Batista right. and Neighbors. Uh, uh, way, beg pardon. I've got uh, one if you're thinking. Go on. I remember one time I was like, oh, you know what? I just need to go and do something that isn't wrestling related. Go do anywhere, anything else in Newcastle. So many lovely places to go eat, see, drink and whatever here in this lovely town that we live in. So I went to see Carl Hutchinson at the stand. I goes, oh, good, a comedian. Great. They'll talk about anything else. Politics, the weather, I don't care. You'll ask me what I do for a living and I'll have to just say, uh, <laughs> we're going to call center or something. I'll explain to him, uh, you know, the the ins and outs of Cultaholic and talk about wrestlers. And I went to go see him, he's talking about great stuff, and then just out of nowhere, he's like, don't suppose any of you used to watch uh, WWF back in the day? And I'm like, oh. please say it's, it's fake, isn't it? It's rubbish. Who likes that's an idiot? It's like, oh, well, I'm a big wrestling fan. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and he knew he was going to go, he's a proper fan, because he started talking about, you know, Whitley Bay Ice Rink, they came here in 93, and I went, bloody hell, hurry. Because that, that's, that's a, a real thing for some people of a certain age. It's like, yeah, because when they used to come to the Whitley Bay Ice Rink, when that was the big arena in the Northeast for all of 10 years. So that was a surprise. And then he then showed his photo unveiling was him and his mate, including Stefan Petty, all dressed up as wrestlers for some party they were doing. And Stefan Petty dressed as Vader. And everyone's laughing name. at it. Because he's Carl Hutchins so good, he's getting people who probably aren't that arse, but he's going, well, look, look at that. I'm going... Not only is this guy talking about wrestling, but there's people here who don't care about wrestling laughing at it. Mm. I wish I could do that. So, <laughs> cheer you club there for Carl Hutchinson, who's very funny. Have you got Ross? I don't think I've got one for this question. Wrestling happening in real life? I can't think of anything anyway. I have one. Well then. <laughs> I'm just marvelling at the size of Matthew's water bottle there. I couldn't oh, believe thank it. Thank you, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've got this and I put it in the freezer. And then took it out nice. after a few hours, so it's art. Oh, I bet that's good. Uh, uh, yeah, I saw I saw Pac or Neville absolutely off his tits in town once. It was amazing. It was so good. Um, me and Wilborn from What Culture had just been to Rise, and then this was a few years ago. Us as well. I was still at What Culture, and uh, we'd just been to Rise, and then we were going to go to the casino afterwards. And on the way from Rise to the casino saw this bloke just being held up by his missus like he was falling about and uh, quite a lot of mates around him as well it was quite a big group and we were like he looks like uh, he looks like Neville and then we were like hang on and it actually was Neville and it was during the time that he uh, had just dropped the Cruiserweight title and just been away for a bit and he's just in town getting pissed <laughs> it was good didn't say hi to him um, don't think he would have taken too kindly to it really he was he was off his tits. Hmm. Yeah, he's Good. earned the right to do that. Well, I mean, it's clearly not had any sort of effect on his body, has it? He's not got a beer belly. Yeah. Oh, what? Well, think of the consequences, Pack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, that was it. You know, there were such good questions. We only had two this week. That's fine. Quality, not quantity. Oh, we've got a giant Reese's Pieces coming for you in the next bit. So. Fantastic. But until then, if you have any questions, opinions, or lovely names you just want me to mispronounce, please, please, please send them to mailbag at cultaholic.com.
And now for the segment, so good, they named the blah, blah, etc. This bit isn't good. Imagine you guys got to book a super pay-per-view with all the promotions as a big celebration of fans coming back to stadiums and no more glass banging and you have a gigantic one. <laughs> Let me start this one again. Imagine you guys get to book a super pay-per-view of all the promotions as a big celebration of fans coming back to stadiums and no more glass banging. And you have a gigantic WrestleMania-sized stadium to work with and they offer you the f- the flowing matches. Okay, following matches, whatever. You have to choose which of the two matches presented you would rather book on your show. And if you want, you can book who wins these matches if you want. Thank you for the amazing content throughout the past two and a half years, and especially during the name redacted pandemic. All the best, Ben from Glasgow. Thank you very much, Ben. Sorry I didn't do your question justice, but I just Cheers, saw an eight-line sentence. I'm like, hey, we can. All right, well, Reese's Pieces plays like this. Fastest thought first. List these. We'll go Ross, Jack, Mafu. Starter for 10. The Elite versus the Undisputed Era in a War Games match. Or Adam Cole versus Kenny Omega, Three Stages of Hell. Second one. Uh, the first one. The first one, absolutely. I don't want any more bleeding NXT nine-hour matches. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa versus John Moxley, Street Fight. Or Johnny Gargano versus Okada, Iron Man. Second one. Uh, you, mm, oh, man, it's hard. No, no, Moxley versus... No, Gargano versus Okada. That's a difficult question. Yeah, I'll pick Gargano versus Okada Iron Man because it'll be uh, less the length of Gargano's usual matches. <laughs> Will Ospreay versus Ricochet in a ladder match or Volta versus Minoru Suzuki? Second one. Yeah, Walder versus Suzuki, Osprey and Ricochet wrestled lots of times. Yeah, the, the second one, and I'm amazed never got round to happening when Rev Pro was a thing. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus Zack Sabre Jr., submission match, or Young Bucks versus the Motor City Machine Guns, TLC? First one. The second one. The first one, I swear the second one happened. What? The big, not maybe not TLC, but they had loads of matches in uh, TNA. Oh, maybe it did. What well, Generation Me? That's right, Generation Me. Mm. Yeah. Mustache Mountain versus New Day. Or Matt Riddle versus Jake Hager, Lions Den match. Oh, get Hager in the Lions <laughs> Den all day long. <laughs> uh, I'll go for the first one instead, please. Oh, it's tough, that actually. Uh, let's say New Day, power positivity and all that. Orange Cassidy versus Otis. Or R Truth versus Toro Yano. The second one. The first one. Oh, God. Yeah, I want to see the second one. Lesnar versus Ishii, last man standing, or Keith Lee versus Drew McIntyre, falls count anywhere. First one. Yeah, the first one. The second one is just a match you could just see. You just see that. You just see yeah. it. We might see it soon. We might see it yeah. in two years' time. What Jack said. Reigns versus Tanahashi, or Seth Rollins versus Takahashi. Second one. Oh. Oh, the second one. All day and all night. I'm going to be bothered. Uh, first one, just for being different. Io Shirai versus Sasha Banks, Steel Cage, or Charlotte versus Tessa Blanchard, No Holes Barred. First one. The first one. Can we just have the first one with no stipulation, actually? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Alistair Black versus Kota Ibushi, or Cody versus Nate Nato. 
Nero. Nero. <laughs> Second one. The first one. Aye, right, first one. Broken Matt Hardy versus John Cena in a C Nation deletion match. What? Or the Fiend versus Chris Jericho Firefly Funhouse match. Second one. Yes, the second one. Uh, first one, because I guess that was one of the only good ones. Kyrie Sane versus Riho or Asuka versus Shida? Second one. This is a racist question. They're all Japanese. I'm not taking part. The yeah. first one. The first, second first one. one. <laughs> first one. Dominic Dijakovic versus Luchasaurus or Ray Fenix versus Ray Mysterio. Oh, second one. Yes, the second one. Nah, I want to see big lad Dijakovic because he was nice to me on Twitter that one time. Angel Garza versus NJF or Andrade versus Pentagon Junior. Oh, first one. Second one. See, I like this one. They're all Mexican. Uh, Angel Garza's versus Wait, MJF. It's a racist question. I should have. I didn't. I wasn't on the ball. Oh. oh no. Finn Balor versus Marty Skrull or Darby Allen versus Pete Dunne. I quit. Second one. Second one. Second one. We don't want anything to do with the people in the first one. AJ Styles versus Shawn Michaels or CM Punk versus Triple H. What? What? <laughs> Why is that a dream match? Uh, first one. The second, no, I'm joking, the first one. <laughs> the second one already happened and it was... Uh, yeah, it was awful. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Owens versus Joey Janela. I think we've already had that. Or Samoa Joe versus Kenta. I think we've already had that as well. Yeah, yeah first one. Uh, yeah, probably the first one. Oh, I'll see the second one. That'd be cool. Becky Lynch versus Britt Baker. Or Nyla Rose versus Jordan Grace. Oh, second one. The first one, but it's a close one. I like those matchups. Uh, first one, just to hear the promos. Yeah. Shayna Baszler versus Alexa Bliss or Ronda Rousey's versus ooh, Mercedes Martinez. Oh, that Se- one. Second sorry, one, I've yeah. jumped, sorry, I've jumped in, but yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like, so like I got so excited, I was just like, oh. wow. Yeah. Scott Steiner versus Sid Vicious, who can cut the most over-the-top promo of the match, <sighs> or Nakamura versus Cesaro, two out of three falls. The first one should be the main event. The second one, because the first one would just be awkward viewing. The first one, because I want awkward viewing. <laughs> and that's your lot. Thank you again, Ben from Glasgow. If you have any recent you, pieces, please, 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 please send them to mailbag at cultaholic.com. It's Cultaholics. Wow. What a great podcast, Amazon Delivery, and everything else we've had so far, and sparkling water. But that's not all, ladies and gentlemen. The main event is up next. What was the best thing Kyrie Sane did in WWE? That is a horrible way of wording that. Let me try that again. That's good enough. That's fine. You think so? That's that's way too wordy for you. You've got the Kyrie Sane keywords in there. You've got WWE keywords in there. You're ticking all the boxes, Matthew. Excellent SEO, yeah. Oh, well... Great, I'll be quiet then. Yes, what was the best thing Carrie Sane did in WWE? She is leaving for real, real, not for play, play, which is a great shame. I think Jack said at the start of this that he thinks that Carrie Sane was somebody who was really good in NXT and just for whatever reason, like a lot of people, uh, just didn't quite transition to the main roster as well as could be expected. But So 
that must mean she did quite a lot of stuff somewhere else. So, Jack, why don't you start us off? What was your favourite Kyrie Sane memory? I might go for the final of the first Mae Young Classic because uh, I think it was her versus Shayna, wasn't it? It was the first time those two had wrestled each other, even though they went on to wrestle each other a lot more times. And I just thought it was a really simply booked story where you've got the smaller underdog and the bigger menacing one who's like rampaged her way to the final and then Kyrie beat her and it was a nice moment and a nice story uh Kyrie would then I think she'd beat Shayna one more time in NXT but she'd often lose to her so it was a bit of a shame but for that one Mae Young Classic I think it rounded off the tournament really nicely so that's mine I think that match the Mae Young Classic final yeah I'll add to that and say I was surprised when she was the one to win because Baszler had been so dominant throughout the entire tournament but now, the upon reflection, yeah, it was better for Sane than it was for Baszler because Baszler's talent was just like, oh, she's, she's Baszler, she's hard as hell. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's fine. That's all you need. And I'm glad that they got rematches because that was what I was going to say, the matches they had in NXT and just the the uh, women on the takeover, you usually only get one match, I know, but because their matches be different, have the four ways and everything else, uh, I appreciate the variety that they had. They weren't all like Gargano matches. So, I uh, Liked her attitude, liked the Sky Pirate gimmick. But my favourite memory is still her accidentally throwing her title in the crowd <laughs> when she was just going through. I forgot what she was throwing, but then they threw the title and, oh, what was that? While I'm looking up the clip, Ross, what was your favourite memory? Uh, mine comes from a, a clip WWE released like prior to her leaving this week. It was on the YouTube channel. And it was just her and Asuka stood there. And Asuka was like, I was really lonely before you came to the main roster, Kyrie. You've made me not lonely. And it was just a really nice moment. And now, presumably, Asuka's lonely again, which is sad. But Kyrie sorted her out for a while there. And it was a nice little moment between the pair of them. So that was mine. Kyrie saying just must be a nice person to hang out with, especially if you're Asuka. Uh, And a special shout out to putting the, the NXT title in a pirate chest thing. That was a fun visual with a capital F. That was cool as well. And it was the NXT women's title that Shaq sent threw to someone. And <laughs> that person took it home and it's on a mantelpiece somewhere. <laughs> and it's I a shame that you'd, uh, you know, nothing goes the way that you wanted to plan on paper. Pirate gimmick, pirate motif for this year's WrestleMania. Wow, perfect, right? Nah. Sorry about that. No, no pirate say. gimmick for. I was going to say, it's probably worth mentioning the best Kyrie Sane moment that never happened, because it would have been as well. I remember checking the odds for the Royal Rumble before WrestleMania, and Kyrie Sane for months and months was like one of the favourites, purely just because of the pirate theme mm. of the stadium. I wonder, though, if they'd have actually done it, because they were only in a tag match. They were Her and Asuka were the tag champs. It wasn't like a big singles title match or anything. But I hope they would have done. That would have been very good. I was doing some sort of gimmick where she shows up via pirate ship on her way to the arena, like Lex Luger landing on the USS Intrepid to body slam Yokozuna at one time. Do you remember when... Do you remember just at the start of the lockdown when everyone was feeling a bit like, what's going on with the world? I don't like this. And wrestling just kept going without fans. And Becky Lynch, in a really tone-deaf way, just turned up in a truck and went... Do you like me truck, lads? And everyone was just like, Becky, it's not the time for such joy. Just leave it alone, please. It was so weird. Yeah. 
That's not what to worry, wrestling will be, be around like. forever. Nothing will happen. Yeah. Do you like me 18 wheeler there? Oh, that's just worse <laughs> than the last time. That's so much worse. That's so much worse. Uh, yeah, that was definitely Kyrie Sane's best moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, just because the thought of Kyrie just rocking up in a pirate ship anyway, regardless of the pandemic, yeah. would have been very hilarious. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, that's it. Becky Lynch comes back and does the horrible accent that Jack just did. He goes, what happened to me truck? And it's like, pirate ship just flattened it. <laughs> pirate ship on wheels. Ah, oh, whatever. It's yeah. Real. Nothing's real. Yeah. It's a shame. I feel, like, Go on. I feel like we should have more moments to talk about. And I think that reflects quite a lot on how she wasn't used to her best on the main roster. I agree. The last few months with her and Asuka being great but it's weird when you say oh there's great matches in NXT and then she came on Raw and she played the flute and was just having a nice time with her mate mm. and that's honestly be the bits that you remember these last few months at Raw because a lot else has happened you know everybody else old old, every other mummy that's escaping a curse has appeared on TV and then there's oh it's Carrie saying play the flute like Spongebob's oh, no. nose so. <laughs> I don't know it's a shame yeah. hopefully I mean she apparently she's leaving to go back to Japan isn't she so hopefully she'll be like she'll be like happier and stuff back there doesn't it yeah well that was a grim way to end a fantastic <laughs> podcast I'm sure you'll agree thank you very much for coming with this we appreciate you watching all the way at the very end we know some of you do Jack what have you got on the agenda this week I'm off next week so now fantastic any plans uh yes I think uh it's not confirmed yet so I won't say but not nothing content wise this is just in my personal life I'll tell you about it when I see you I'll be seeing you now when the podcast out won't I like the podcast will go out on Friday afternoon evening and we'll have met up for a socially distanced gathering oh I surely. see right right I think it'd be very weird then yes. no no I think we'll have met up I think we will currently be talking to each other now as I speak. Yes. Right, cool. I'll tell you okay, all about cool. it. Okay, Th- Thank you. That's a great teaser for the people at home. Uh, Ross, <laughs> what have you got that's coming out on the channel? Yeah, Smackdown WTF moments on Saturday. There'll be a tier list with me and Sam doing every, well, all the notable Chris Jericho gimmicks. And then I'm off for a week as well because I'm burnt out after the past four months and I'm knackered and I'm frazzled and I need a break. So there you go. Two videos and I'm done for a little bit. Oh, bless you both. Uh, I have no plans myself, apart from watching Impact. Uh, and uh, help me, mum, fix the conservatory. Get oh. in. What a what an amazing, thrilling, <laughs> suspense-filled week we all have. But if there's two people that deserve a break during the climate of what's happening, it's uh, YouTube Point Fox. It. And it Stop means it. that next week's podcast will be firing on all cylinders. Cannot wait. But until then... Please, if you have any questions for us, you can send them to mailbag at callhike.com. And if you want to vote for any of these three fantastic... I'm not going to be on next week's podcast, Matthew. Oh, I see. You've been for probably a week. Okay, cool. And you won't be either. It'll be Adam and Tom, maybe. That's normally who steps in, isn't it? Then all the comments will be like, why can't it be this every week? Yeah, Yeah, it's really nice when people say that, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, it's it's really nice. Mm. Really fills you with confidence when people say that. Anyway... (laughs) So Adam will be here next week, but uh, card subject to change. Until then, if you want to go to patreon.com forward slash call the holic to vote for any of those three fantastic choices, you certainly can. Don't let us stop you. But until then, good to see you. Well, good for you to see us, I guess. And make sure to put your hands up to the webcam. 
And before the Wi-Fi and Call the Holic HQ breaks out, on three, one, two, three, join us. Join Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.